You may be seated, and if you would, grab your Bibles with me this evening, and we'll open in just a moment to the book of Luke, Luke chapter number 21, and um, Luke chapter number 21, we'll just read a few verses here this evening. Very thankful uh, for the opportunity to speak to you this evening, and very thankful um, for our pastor, and uh, he's, he's away, he's at Welshpool, I, I know you guys know that, but um, I'm thankful that He's a, a pastor with a vision, and he's a pastor who wants to see things done. And uh, how amazing is it that we can gather tonight in this tent and uh, amongst these chairs. But I'm thankful for this church, a church who is willing to, to chip in and to, to labor and to, to give themselves uh, to see the work of the Lord done. And... Uh, I read this week the, the Scriptures say, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. And so our prayer is that the Lord would build and that He would do it. Um, it's not our church. Christ said, upon this rock will I build my church. And so very thankful for that. Before we read the Scriptures this evening, I'd like to just ask if we could have a word of prayer. And um, if you would just pray in your own heart that the Lord would speak to you. And just that the Lord would speak to all of us this evening. Let's pray. O gracious Heavenly Father, God and King, we come before Thee this evening in much need of Thy help, in much need of Thy presence, in much need of Thy moving. Lord, we thank Thee for the opportunity and the privilege that we have to freely gather like this to gather under this marquee, to gather on this field. Lord, as we think of these things, we think of Thy provision. Lord, we thank Thee, uh, as was said, for our pastor. We thank Thee for how Thou hast used him and guided him and given him a vision, Lord. I pray and ask that You would unite our hearts as a church uh, to, to go forward for Thee, to seek Thee, to take the Gospel message to the uttermost, Lord, and We feel great responsibility not just to evangelize this city, Lord, but to evangelize Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And I pray and ask that Thou wouldst give us a fire and a passion and a zeal for Thy Gospel, Lord. I ask that Thou wouldst forgive me. Forgive us for where we fail. Forgive us for our pride and for our selfishness. Forgive us for looking to ourselves more than looking to Thee. Forgive us for looking on others more than Thee. Lord, I pray and ask that Thou wouldst help us to set our affection on things above and not on things of this earth. Lord, and I pray and ask right now that Thou wouldst move amidst us, that You would work, that Thou wouldst work in our hearts and lives. Lord, we beg Thee for the lost. We know that there are men and women in this city who don't know Thee. Many who have never even heard the true Gospel message of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask that we would be tools and instruments in Thy hand for Thy Gospel's sake. Lord, I pray and ask right now that Thou wouldst meet with us. That the power and presence of Thy Holy Spirit would be felt pressing upon the hearts of all of us. Lord, I pray if there is anything hindering any one of us this evening, Lord, I ask that Thou wouldst remove it. Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. Lord, we look to Thee. We look to Thee for cleansing even now. Lord, that we would truly hear from Thee. 
that we would know Thy presence and we would know Thy work. Lord, let us not be fake. Let us not be distracted. Let us not be just drawn away at this time. Lord, let us meet with Thee. Would we, would we, would we feel the presence of Thy fire, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. amen. Luke chapter number 21. I'd like to look at uh, just four short verses Uh, One of my favorite passages, but I I believe that God has something for us here this evening. Luke chapter number 21, starting in verse number 1, the Scriptures read, And He looked up, that's Jesus Christ, and He looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said, of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she had. Turn with me to Mark chapter number 12. Mark chapter number 12, and the last four verses of Mark chapter 12 are the parallel. Let's read those also since it's just a short passage. Mark chapter 12, in verse number 41, the Scriptures read, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury and that and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more, hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And I'd like to look at these passages of Scripture, specifically Luke chapter 21, if you'd like to turn back there this evening. And I'd like to look at this widow woman and her last two mites. Now you guys are familiar, no doubt, with this story. And immediately as a passage like this is brought forth, you begin to wonder, Seth, why chosen a passage like this, a passage about giving uh, to speak on. Now, I know in church, sometimes it's not the most kosher thing to speak about giving and tithing and offerings and all of those things. And uh, that is true. And to be honest with you, the, this passage, though it speaks very specifically about this widow woman and her giving, uh, financial giving, I believe that this passage deals with more than just a financial giving. I believe it deals with more than just this woman casting in her mites. As you see, it really speaks more about a heart of giving. Her desire in giving. And the reality is there are a lot more things in life to give than just our money. In fact, money of the things that we can give is probably really one of the least valuable things that you can give. The Lord has given you and me much more uh, valuable things, things that are worth more in His hands, worth more in His eyes 
that He would much rather us give to Him our lives, our time, our energy, our possessions. There's, there's not a single one of us here this evening that has less time than the other. All of you today have had 24 hours, or I should say will have 24 hours if the Lord doesn't come again, if the Lord doesn't take you home. You have the same amount of time to spend each day. But the question then is, is how are we using what the Lord has given us? The things like our time, the things like our energy, the things that God has given us. How are we using them? How are we spending them? We read this passage and we see that Jesus Christ is meeting in the temple. In fact, if you look in chapter number 20 of Luke, verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass that on one of those days as He taught the people in the temple and preached the Gospel, the chief priests and scribes came upon Him with the elders. What we see there is that Jesus Christ is in the temple and He's doing what Christ often did. He's teaching. He's preaching. He's directing the people. And the Scriptures tell us that there were many different people there. There were chief priests. There were Pharisees. There were Sadducees. His disciples were there. And also the multitude of people listening. And as Jesus Christ is sitting there, as Mark said, He's sitting there against the temple, against in the temple, and He looks up and He gazes across maybe the temple hall, across the court there a short way, and He looks into the treasury and He sees something there that day that catches Him by eye. He sees, the Scriptures tell us in verse number 1, and He looked up of chapter 21 of Luke, and He looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Very interesting what he sees. He looks up and he sees people going to the treasury. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar, but from what I understand, the treasury would have been a a specific part of the the temple court there. Not, Not in the temple itself, no doubt, but in the court. And there would have been from what I understand, 13 trumpet-shaped boxes. They would have had a, a bell at the, the bottom with a smaller top at the uh, at smaller bar part at the top. And, and people would go and they would take their gifts. They would take their offerings. They would take their alms and they would put them into those boxes. Different areas. Different designations. But as we look here, we see that the Scriptures tell us that Christ is there, no doubt with the Pharisees. He's just actually dealt with them concerning how they would deal with uh, widows and different things in chapter number 20. And the Scripture says He looked up and He saw. He looked up and He saw. Now I want to remind you that Jesus Christ sees differently than you and I see. In fact, on that day I would have saw things differently than the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were with Him would have saw. I imagine if, if the Pharisees and the Sadducees were there with Him, as they looked up and they saw those rich men walking in with their, with their large uh, forms of currency casting them in, I think that Jesus Christ would have, or, or the Pharisees and the Sadducees would have been quite impressed. Oh, look at that. There, goes, there go the Pharisees casting in great money. Rich men ri- casting in much, much money into the temple. 
much money. Maybe, maybe some of that will make its way down to me. Maybe the Pharisees would think. They were excited, no doubt. But Jesus Christ saw something different that day. The Scriptures say in 1 Samuel, For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. And so, I think the Lord, no doubt, and we see it in this passage, as He was sitting there, He looks up and He sees something that everybody else probably missed. He saw a poor widow woman walking forward, with two mites. Now, I don't know how she dropped them in, but they were able to tell that she dropped in nothing more than two mites. And it catches Christ's eye. Jesus Christ saw something different. God saw what the others did not see. See, the others were impressed, but Jesus Christ too was impressed, but by a different person. God determines value very differently. First of all, God doesn't need our money. You say, hold on a second, Seth. We just put up this tent and we we know that it was expensive and the different things that happened here. What do you mean God doesn't need our money? But I need to remind us, remind myself even, that God's not dependent on us. God's not dependent on you. If you cease to give your money... The only person that would lack is not God, it's you. If you cease to give your time, if you cease to give your effort, the person that would lack is not God. It's you. See, giving is necessary for our sakes, not for God's. Be reminded that God, the Scriptures say that He he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth and, and the deepest mines. Christ isn't lacking. Maybe, maybe we've forgotten that the world in which we are on, the world in which we're standing right now, God literally brought into existence with the words of His mouth. If He needed anything, He could bring it to being just with the words of His mouth. I wonder, have we been distracted thinking that God needs us? God doesn't need us. He wants us. He would like to use us. He, he, he would be, be very excited to, to find some choice servants who are willing to forsake all and follow Him. But He doesn't need us. God determines value differently. Not only does He not need our money, but a gift's value in the Lord's eyes is determined by the Spirit in which it's given. The Spirit in which it's given. The Scriptures tell us that God loves a cheerful giver. Giving grudgingly and sparingly. Sure, you might be giving, but God loves a cheerful giver. Out the abundance of your heart. The Scriptures say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. But what, what about your actions? He doesn't need our money. The gift's value is determined by the Spirit in which it is given. And the third thing is this. The value of the gift is determined by what it cost the giver. What it cost the giver. The sacrifice involved. You see that in this passage. Jesus Christ wasn't just impressed by the rich men who came and and cast in much. It wasn't about the value of the gift, but the sacrifice for the giver. This woman didn't have much. So what then in this passage, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4, what then is it that God saw in that moment? that He's so interested in it that it's recorded for us in His Word. 
by, by two of, of the gospel records. Why is it that we read it today? The question has to be asked then, who was this lady? Why was it impressive to Jesus Christ that this lady came and spoke? The Scriptures tell us, first of all, verse number 2, and He saw also a certain poor widow. She was poor. She was poor. She didn't have much. Many people, many scholars believe that not only was she poor, but she was really poor. They believe that she might have been a, a beggar or a homeless lady. She didn't have much. In fact, I think she would have probably been one of those people that if she was here tonight, we, we might have been a little skeptical of her as she walked in. She was a woman that didn't have much. She wasn't impressive looking. She didn't have the same outfits that the rich had. She probably wasn't able to bathe as regularly as the rich men were, but she came and she was poor. Not only was she poor, the Scriptures tell us that she was a widow. He saw also a certain poor widow. She was, she was one who, who no doubt, being a widow, had lost her spouse. Her husband had passed away. Now, I don't know what that feels like, but I imagine with that came a loneliness and a, a grieving, maybe. Her, her husband had died, and so she, she probably wasn't a woman who, who had very much physically, but also emotionally. She was a woman who was missing her husband. She was poor. She was a widow. And ultimately, I think what the Scriptures reveal to us is that this woman was really a nobody. In man's eyes, she was a nobody. She wasn't impressive. She, she doesn't seem to have any special talents or gifts. She doesn't have tons of money, wealth in this world. But God was interested in her. Jesus Christ was interested in this lady. Why? On the other hand, you see these work, working men, these wealthy men, these well-to-do men. The Scriptures tell us that they, they weren't horrible. In, in Mark chapter 12, we saw that the Scriptures tell us that they gave much. They weren't people who were giving little. The Scriptures say they did give much. And there's nothing in the Scriptures that, that condemned these men for their actions. They were, they were I, I think, by what the Scriptures reveal to us, they were rich men who were doing their due diligence to do what God had called them to do, bringing their offerings to the Lord, bringing their tithe to the Lord. They weren't horrible people. But what we see in this passage is that God is not simply looking for the wealthy and the talented, the, the young, the strong, the good-looking, the well-dressed, the able-bodied. God is looking for simply... People who are willing to serve Him. He, he's not worried whether or not you're downtrodden, whether or not you're poor, whether or not you're weary, whether or not you're, you're broken. God is simply looking for a willing heart. Isaiah chapter 61, Isaiah is writing no doubt, and he says this, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me. And notice this. To preach good tidings unto the meek. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are brown, bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirits of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. See, God is looking for unlearned and ignorant men who would be willing to forsake all and follow. God is not looking simply for those who have it all together. God is looking for people who would serve Him with a willing spirit. See, the reality is, is, is as you read this passage, it, it tells us that she cast in something. It wasn't much. In fact, in, in verse number four, it's just a three, verse number four, it's just a three-letter word. She hath cast in all. God isn't asking for much from you this evening. He's simply asking for your all. It's not a big word. It's not a hard word to say. But that's all He's asking for. Your all. So what did the lady give? The lady wasn't much. The lady wasn't fancy. But what did the lady give? The Scriptures tell us in verse number 2, He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither Two mites. Two mites. Now, to us, that might not mean too much. It's not what crawls in your hair. Don't be deceived. Uh, I shaved my head once thinking I had mites, but I didn't. Don't worry. Two mites. In the Bible times, it would have been the smallest possible currency. It was a thin, small brass coin. A leptin is what it is in Greek. Two mites was less than 1% of a typical day's wage. So I figured out what that would be in our context. The UK average, now I don't know what you make, but the UK average for a year is 31,461. That's pounds, not dollars. Don't be deceived. 31,461 pounds a year. Now maybe you make more than that. Maybe you make less than that. That's not the idea here. But that brings us down that 1% of day, a day's wage in our context, hers was two mites, in our context is approximately one pound. That's all she brought. One pound. One pound. But the Lord was impressed by it. The Lord stopped His conversation, His teaching with the people, with the Pharisees, to draw their attention to this one widow woman Casting her one pound into the treasury. It wasn't much. It wasn't much at all. It wasn't an impressive offering. But she gave it. And the Scriptures tell us in, in verse number 3, And He said, Of a truth I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Her one pound was more than all that the rich men were casting in. Wrap your head around that for a second. What, what kind of a spirit 
was she giving it? It wasn't about how much she gave, but the sacrifice in giving. Christ was more pleased with this sacrificial giving than how much she had. And this, this, listen, this applies not just to money. I, I, if you have a pound tonight, give it to the Lord. I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. But what about your time? What about your life? What about your, your energies and your efforts? What are you giving to the Lord? What more can you give to the Lord? What are you holding back? She hath cast in all the living that she had. You know, to, to give everything she had, she had two mites. Two singular coins, very small, very easy to lose, no doubt. But she had those two mites, and she brought them to the Lord, and she gave everything. Can I tell you what that was? It was a step of faith. As she walked out of that treasury that day, she didn't know where her next meal was coming from. She didn't know how she would buy her her next needs. She said, whatever I have, Lord, it's yours. And she gave it to God. She could have kept one, but instead she gave both. I wonder what will you and I give to the Lord? What will we give to Him? What will we surrender? So then this brings me to the the third question. I think the final question that needs to be asked as we look at this passage. Who was the widow? What did she give? And the third question is this. What does it mean to cast? The Scriptures say in verse number 2, well, verse number 1, that He saw the rich men casting their gifts. Verse number 2, He saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. Verse number 3, this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. Verse number 4, for all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury, of her lack, hath cast in all the living that she had. What does it mean to cast? She gave everything to the Lord. We get the picture. But what does it mean to cast? First of all, a decision was made. She made a choice. She chose to do this. She planned it out. She thought it through. She, she made a commitment. She just she didn't accidentally walk by the, the temple that day with all the living she had in her pocket and accidentally trip and drop it into the, the, the treasury. The Lord wasn't intrigued by that. She made a decision. She made a choice. See, the reality is as many of us have made choices for the Lord. We make decisions. And, and there are many more decisions that need to be made for the Lord. Maybe this evening you need to make a decision. A decision to be more of a soul winner. A decision to study God's Word. A, a decision to give, give your time in prayer. To give your energy in serving. Decisions need to be made. But her decision then, secondly, demanded an action. She made a choice in her heart but she didn't just stay there. Many, many of us before have made decisions. We've made choices. We've said, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. And then Monday comes around and guess what? We don't do anything about it. She made a choice and then she acted on it. Her, her, her action uh, demanded her to, to then go. And then the third thing is this. A decision was made. Her decision demanded an action. 
But then her action required her to let go. It's easy for us to take our two mites and to say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. Maybe it's your life. Maybe it's your time to make a decision. And it's easy to begin that action, to begin to go. But there comes a point when you and I come to the edge, that precipice in life, the the treasury for this lady, and, and you are going to cast in. You know what casting means? It means to throw or let go of a thing without caring where it lands. You know the reason that so many of us will not bring our two mites, whatever that may be, and cast it to the Lord is because we care too much about where it lands. There may be some of you here this evening who say, you know, I know the Lord has been calling me to give my life. and I, In fact, I've made that decision in my mind and in my heart and I began to act on it, but I seized it because I'm afraid that if I let go of my life, God will take me somewhere crazy. God will ask me to do something absurd. God will will take me to a place where He won't sustain me. Can I tell you, if God asks you to cast it, then He's going to sustain you and carry you through. He's going to lift you. We, We hold on to it because, you know why? Because we think that we could do better than God could with our life, with our time, with our money, with our strength, with all the things that we have. We think, I could manage this better. I could could direct this better if I would just hang on to it. But God is calling us to bring our body, Scripture say in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I wonder today, are you hanging on to your life too tightly? Are you holding on to your your possessions and to your wealth, to your time, knowing God is calling you to cast it, to let it go, not caring where it falls, but we hang on to it. Because we think we can do better with it. But what's interesting about Romans 12.1 is it says this, cast, that you present, that's the idea of casting, your body's a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. And then it says this, which is your reasonable service. See, in the world's eyes, to, to do what we're doing here, to, do, to, to set up a tent and to give your money and to meet on a field in, in the cold of the winter is unreasonable. People think it's absurd. People think it's crazy. I was asked that this morning. How do you, how do you hack it and how do you, how do you deal with it in the winter? I'm wondering that myself. I wasn't here when you guys were. How do they do it? Because it's reasonable. The world thinks it's unreasonable. But can I tell you, God Almighty sent His Son and presented His Son as a living sacrifice for you. For me. Why is it then unreasonable for us to give our lives as a living sacrifice? If He was willing to give His own life 
a living sacrifice on the cross, if He was willing to be beaten and bruised for our iniquities, the crown of thorns thrust upon His head, His vicious was marred, if He was willing to do that, why is it then that we are not willing to cast it at His feet? We cling and we hold on to all that we have, all that we've earned that God gave us, all that we've labored for that God gave us the strength to work for. We hold it so tight. But what would it be like if Seth Iser would cast my life truly at the Lord's feet? You guys would see a difference, wouldn't you? And the same be true for all of us. Was it, was it D.L. Moody who said, this world has yet to see a man who's fully spent for the Lord. He wanted to be that man, but on his deathbed he said that the Lord has yet to see it. And I believe the same is true. What would it be like if we, if this church, if this body of believers would just give everything to God? What could He do? He doesn't need us. I get it. But He does want to use us. And would we stand with Isaiah and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Would we stand there on the day that Joshua said, choose you this day whom you would serve? Would we be willing to choose to serve the true and living God? When God calls us to be ye holy for I am holy, would we be willing to set aside our lives to be different than the rest of the world and pursue Him? The Scriptures say in Luke 14.33, So likewise, whosoever be, he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, Forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Luke 9.62 No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. God is not looking for much this evening. He's just looking for men and women, boys and girls, older men, older women who are like this poor widow who are ready and willing to cast in all. I wonder what we will do. She of her lack hath cast in all the living that she hath. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee this evening for providing, for sustaining, for dealing with us, Lord. Lord, I do pray that we would sacrifice out of the right heart. That we would give sacrificially, Lord. Lord, Thou hast given us so much. Would we give it back to Thee? I pray for this church. I pray for our pastor now. Continue to bless him. Strengthen us, Lord. Deal with us, I pray. In Jesus Christ's name.